Okay, so today's reading is taken from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 19, and this is found on page 983 of the Church Bible. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief of any kind of criminal, or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name, for it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it's time, if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful Creator and continue to do good. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, good morning. Uh, my name's uh, Dave Shannon. I'm one of the uh, ministers uh, here at church. It's great to have you here uh, with us this morning. Uh, in 2013, a uh, New York family attended a garage sale, a yard sale, and they picked up this uh, cool-looking uh, bowl, which is up on the screen, and they decided to, uh, to buy it for four bucks. Uh, but after all, the family were really curious to find out more about this uh, bowl. They wanted to know where it was from, and so they, they got someone to examine it and check it out, like we might see on the Antique Roadshow, if you've watched that show before. Uh, and after careful examination, after numerous tests, it was proven to be a 1,000-year-old bowl from China, uh, from the Northern Song Dynasty. And while I love looking for a bargain, uh, this bowl eventually sold at auction for $3.1 million. Uh, but not any bowl will sell for that much. You see, the bowl needed to be tested. Uh, the bowl needed to be proven genuine. It had to be proved uh, legit. We've been reading through uh, the book of 1 Peter here at church uh, this term. Uh, and Peter has reminded us believers uh, that we do not belong to this world. We belong to the kingdom to come. We are foreigners and exiles who live here but don't belong here. And as a result, we are to live and act differently from the people around us. Uh, Peter has laid with this point throughout, saying that we are to live good and holy lives here in the present. And from chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, kind of the summary point for the rest of the book, uh, we have been urged to abstain from sin and to live such good lives among the unbelievers around us. And what does that look like? Well, last week we saw that looks like living for God's will and living uh, for God's glory. And while we might expect that living such good lives among those around us, that we'll be treated really well. But that is not the case. We shouldn't expect to be treated well by those around us. Uh, Peter has shown us repeatedly uh, that as we live differently from the world around us, as we stand for Christ, we will suffer for our faith. But we also saw in chapter 3 that suffering does not mean that Christ has failed. In fact, Christ has um, we can have great confidence that as we suffer, we know that we can do that because Christ is victorious. Christ suffered and has risen in victory in the end. And so in our passage this morning, have a look there at verse uh, 19. He says, those who suffer according to God's will 
should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. You see, we are to suffer for doing good. And as we do that, Peter tells us three things, three things for us to keep in mind as we do that. And the first one there is, don't be surprised. Uh, It's there in uh, verse 12. Have a look there. Uh, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Don't be surprised, Peter tells us, when you suffer for being a Christian. But you see, we are surprised when we suffer uh, for being Christians. We find it really difficult. We find it hard to bear. You see, we live in a culture that avoids suffering at all costs. We'll pay lots of money so we don't have to suffer. And so we suffer. When we suffer, we're really shocked. And we try to avoid it as much as we can by either acting like everyone else around us, that there's nothing different about me, so I'm not going to suffer, or by, by retreating and, and not engaging, hiding away so that we won't suffer. Do you know, I felt this pull last year during, during the, the plebiscite as we voted for uh, the acceptance of gay marriage or not. And, and, and I don't tend to post stuff on Facebook anyway, but I certainly saw the onslaught against Christians in that period. But you see, the reality was it wasn't just on Facebook. It was in the media, it was in the press, it was, it was everywhere. It was in our lunchrooms at work uh, during the week. You see, we don't want to suffer for these things, for standing with Christ, and so we try to avoid it. But Peter says, don't be surprised. When suffering comes, expect it. Uh, and in verse 12 there, we see that there's this fiery ordeal, uh, that is a fiery trials, as other translations uh, have it. And that really brings us back to chapter 1, verse 7, it reminds us of that, where, where God uses suffering and trials to prove the genuineness of our faith, to prove that our faith is legit, that it is real. You see, just like gold, you see, gold is purified and refined through fire, all the impurities are, are burnt off and at the end you're left with pure gold. Uh, and in the same way, suffering, these fiery trials we go through, they are used by God to prove the genuineness of us as we stand through Christ through thick and thin. Uh, as we suffer for Christ, it shows that our faith is real, that is the, the genuine article. And that's the picture we get in verse 12. Suffering purifies us and strengthens believers. And I think this is reinforced with the idea of of testing. Also from verse 12, have have a look there. Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you. Uh, and the test, it's, it's the suffering that has been brought on by God so that we can show that, that our faith is legit, that it is real, that it's not an act. It's like a mass test. Now, I'm really sorry if you hated mass at school and this is bringing back such bad memories for you, I am sorry, but it, it gets the point across. It's like with mass. Your teacher gives you a mass test. Your teacher wants to test how much you've learned this year. They want to see how well you've progressed. And this test will really demonstrate that to your mass teacher. And you see, God does the same. God wills. God determines that we will suffer. And it is a test. 
It is a test to prove how genuine our faith is, how well we stand with Christ, that our faith is legit and that I am willing and able to press on in my faith despite suffering for being a believer, despite being a Christian. You see, when I trust in Christ despite suffering. And so you may ask, is your faith the real deal? Well, stick through Christ as you suffer for that name. You see, it's like that thousand-year-old bowl I showed you at the start. They, they did tests on it to check and prove that it was the real deal because no one's going to pay the big bucks for a fake Kmart knockoff. I was going to say a fake Chinese knockoff, but it may not have worked because the bowl was from China. But no one's going to no pay the big bucks for that. You see, it's just like our faith. You see, suffering, as we go through the hard trials, it really proves the genuineness of our faith. And as we suffer for Christ, our faith is proven genuine, that it is legit. And through that, we are drawn closer to God. You see, as we depend on God through hardship and struggles that we go through, uh, we are drawn closer to God. We own this truth. We experience it in our hearts. You see, see, we may know it in our heads. We may know the theological answers and, yes, suffering is this, this, yeah. We may know that in our heads, but as we actually experience suffering for ourselves uh, and go through this for, for suffering for the name of Christ, then we actually feel it and experience it ourselves and we know the closeness we have of God. Peter says, do not be surprised at suffering. It will prove your faith is genuine. Don't be surprised. Rejoice. Have a look there from verse 13. Uh, But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. As you suffer, rejoice. It's incredible, isn't it? It's incredible that as the suffering increases, we are to rejoice. Our joy is to increase too. As, as we suffer, we are, are partaking, we are, we are joining Christ in his suffering. Now, we're not adding to the suffering he did for us to atone for our sin. No, 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 that was once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous. But you see, as we suffer, as, as believers, as, as Christians, we share in Christ's suffering. We share in his suffering for, for being good and for being righteous. And, and as we do that, we really demonstrate that we belong to Christ. You see, just like for, for Christ Jesus our Lord, his suffering led to his glory. And so as we suffer, we rejoice, and we rejoice now knowing that we have a living hope and that we too are, are heading to glory. We see this uh, in the book of Acts uh, many times. The book of Acts, for those who aren't familiar with it, is, is the kind of the story of how the Christian uh, faith spread from this bunch of uh, like scaredy cats guys and kind of spreads to, to, to the ends of the world. Uh, and it follows the, the apostles, these followers of Jesus. And uh, Peter, the, the guy who wrote this, this letter to us, and the apostles, they've, they're proclaiming Jesus as Lord. And as a result, they're, they're grabbed, they're arrested, they're beaten, they're flogged, they're treated pretty badly and they're told, do not talk about Jesus, stop talking about Jesus. But how do they respond? How do they respond to this suffering, uh, to this beating, this flogging they received? 
Well, in Acts chapter 5, I've got it up on the screen. This, this is what they do. The apostles, uh, up on the screen, is there a... So, yep, thanks, Acts, Acts 5. Uh, the apostles, they, they left the Sanhedrin, that's the court that was tri- uh, trialing them. What were they doing? Rejoicing. That worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Rejoice in suffering. And you see, this rejoicing will lead to being overjoyed. You see, we rejoice and are glad because Jesus will return. Although we may suffer now in the flesh, it's nothing compared to the glory and the wonder of that uh, when he returns. And so let me challenge you here this morning. As you find yourself in a situation where you could suffer for your faith, don't be surprised. God is using it to prove the genuineness of your faith, to purify and to refine your faith. Rather, rejoice that you have been counted worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Christ. Uh, The first thing he says is to not be surprised. And the second, uh, from verse 16, don't be ashamed. Have a look there at verse 16. If you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. And what's happening? Well, they're, they're suffering for being Christians, and we see it again in verse 14. Have a look there. If, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ. You see, the situation that they, they're in is that they are suffering. They're being insulted for being Christians, for being followers of the Lord Jesus. And that might be because we're... we're uh, and that might lead people to being ashamed, uh, to being ashamed for, for following Jesus. And we, and we know this kind of shame, uh, don't we, from, from, from our upbringing. Like when our parents uh, made a scene in a, in a restaurant or in the city, whether it be haggling to get a better price or fighting it out with their friends to pay for the meal at a restaurant, or whether your friends, oh, whether your parents told your friends those embarrassing stories of you as a kid, that was, that was the worst, or the over-affectionate cuddle or kiss in public, we squirm, we hate that, we're ashamed of being associated with our families in that times because of these situations. We can walk away, we hang our heads in shame. But you see, although we may experience that with our family, that's not to be the case for us in the family of God. You see, we are associated with Christ. It is in our name. We are Christians, Christians. We are followers of the risen Lord Jesus, our Christ. And because we follow him, this will lead to suffering and insult. It's part and parcel of being in the family of Christ. Suffering is part of being a Christian. You see, Christ, he suffered. And we follow him. And so as we follow him, we too will suffer. Don't be ashamed, but praise God that we can be part of this family too. But you see, the key is is how we're suffering. We are to suffer for for doing good, not uh, from verse 15. Have a look there. We shouldn't be suffering as, as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. If we suffer for, for these things, well, it's deserved. Uh, it's just deserved. It's, it's the punishment uh, is deserved us because we have done those things. But you see, not, not so for Christians. When we, when we suffer, it should be for the good 
that we do as we bear the name of Christ. Don't be ashamed, but praise God that we can be part of this family. And as we endure suffering or insult for the name of Christ, for being Christians, verse 14, have a look there, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. We've already seen this in the book of of 1 Peter. In chapter 3, verse 14, we saw that suffering for good means that we are blessed. And And it's similar here. As we suffer, as we are insulted for being Christians, we are blessed. And this blessing is a present reality. It's the here and the now. It's the here and the now. Yes, yes, we, we will be blessed when Christ returns. Yes, we, will, we long for the eternal blessing that, that Christ will bring. But that is not Peter's point here. We are blessed now in the present as we suffer for Christ. You see, when believers first put their trust in the Lord Jesus, uh, God gave you his spirit. Uh, through his spirit, he's changing us to be more and more like Christ. And as we are willing to suffer for the name of Christ, not compromising our faith, not denying our faith, uh, we are really showing that the spirit, God's spirit is working within us, that it rests upon us. And and as that is happening, that is the only reason we can really press on in this world that is repugnant to us. As we as we live in life, live in this world that is hostile to Christ, it's only as the Spirit works in us that we can live an uncompromised life in service of Him, because the Spirit's work is working within our lives. And see, because the Spirit of glory and of God rests on us, it means that. Uh, as we suffer, it is really preparing us uh, for the glory that is to come when Christ returns. You see, just like Christ who suffered and entered glory, we too will suffer and enter glory. And so as we bear the name of Christ and the Spirit rests on us, we are blessed. And so we have no need to be ashamed. Uh, don't, be ash- don't be surprised, don't be ashamed, and three, don't be sidetracked. Uh, there are many things uh, that can sidetrack us uh, in the Christian life. I think one of these is from verse 17. Have a look there, um, uh, verse 17. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. Now, as you hear the word uh, judgment, you might be getting a bit confused and thinking, isn't judgment... Uh, condemnation and aren't we free from that as believers and so you know we know Romans uh, eight twenty one. there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and so aren't believers free from condemnation and judgment what's what's going on there you know Christ Jesus he died in our place he took our punishment for us Jesus was condemned and judged so we wouldn't have to be and so what's what's going on here in, in 1 Peter You see, while the word judgment can mean condemnation, it has other meanings as well. Uh, And you know this kind of kind of kind of meaning too. Whether you make a a judgment call in your work in your workplace or in your family, 
as you make decisions, as you evaluate things, whether things are good or bad, you know these kind of judgments. It's like the Olympics. You know, we all love the Olympics. You know, judges make a call about what they've just seen in the synchronised swimming. We love the synchronised swimming. And, but an assessment is made, a judgment call is made, and a score of 8.2 is given. And you see, it's the, same with, it's the same with our bowl, isn't it? A judgment call was made to prove whether it was real uh, or fake. And you see, that is the judgment that's on view here. And it really links us back to, to verse 12, where, where the fiery ordeal, the fiery trial, that burning, that burning and refining that takes place to test us, you see, God begins to judge, that is, to evaluate and assess those within the church, uh, within God's household. And through it, God is exposing what is real and what is fake. Exposing those who are faithful and those who are genuine in their faith. And those who are just playing games. See, through it, he is purifying believers. Uh, he is strengthening them that sin is, is, is eliminated and, and faith increases. And while the judgment of, of God's household refines us through, through fire uh, of suffering... Uh, believers come through purified and strengthened in the end. But you see, this path isn't, isn't an easy path. Uh, we feel the pain as we are being purified and disciplined by God in this way. Have a look there from verse uh, 18. Uh, if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? If it is hard for the righteous to be saved, that, that isn't calling into question our salvation. Uh, when we put our trust in Christ Jesus our Lord, we have full assurance of our salvation. But see, we are the righteous and we have been declared righteous through Christ. But you see, salvation is assured that he's being kept in heaven for us. But you see, that road to sal- uh, salvation that road when Christ returns, that is a tricky road for us. It is a hard road for us. But you see, it's as we go through that, as we go along that road, uh, as we suffer for Christ, we are proven genuine. But it is hard as we suffer for standing for Christ. You see, we're not stoic. We don't just endure pain and hardship with whatever, no feeling or complaint. No, 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 no. You see, we feel it, it is hard, but you see, we have a bigger, greater picture, don't we? We know that God is in control of all things, even the suffering that we face, and that he is using that suffering to refine our faith and to grow us strong in Christ. The road to suffering is hard, but is great in the end. And while Peter explains our judgment here, uh, this refining uh, assessment, uh, beginning with God's people, there's, there's this compromise, did you, uh, a comparison, I should say, this comparison that is made. Did you notice that? There, there are the ones who, who believe and, and trust and obey the gospel, and there are those who, who reject, deny, and ignore the gospel. Uh, if the road to assured salvation to the believer who knows the Lord uh, and the, is taking their place in that road is difficult and hard... How much worse will that judgment be for those who reject it? While the refining fire purifies us as believers, 
But for the unbeliever, their evaluation and their assessment, the outcome is not good. You see, that judgment will lead to condemnation. If you're here investigating uh, Jesus this morning, uh, it is wonderful to have you here. Thanks so much uh, for coming this morning. Let me encourage you to, to take uh, the claims of, seri- uh, of, of Jesus seriously. Uh, I run this, uh, this course throughout the year called Christianity Explored. I try to run it uh, four or five times a year. Uh, and it's a great course that really investigates who Jesus is, uh, what he came to do and what it means for us today to, to follow him. I've got one starting in, in term, uh, term four. Please do uh, let me know. I'd love to have you join us. Uh, but you see, we are warned about judgment. Peter warns us, Jesus warns us about a judgment so that we can be prepared for it. So that we can be prepared for it and not have to face it ourselves. Let me encourage you, be prepared so that you too don't have to um, face it either. Be prepared, and, and, and Christian Explore can be a great place uh, for you to do that. Uh, believers, <clears throat> we know that the judgment is real and that it's going to come, and so live life now in light of that truth. You see, boldly proclaim to this world around us that we desperately need to know him. You see, to avoid God's judgment, because without our words, without us warning people of the reality of judgment, they are facing condemnation without Christ. Don't be sidetracked by the reality of judgment. But rather, verse 19, entrust yourselves to a faithful creator. Uh, So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. You see, when Christians suffer, it's no accident. It's not because some powerful force out there is outside of God's control and suddenly you're suffering. No, no, no. Suffering comes according to God's, God's will and plan. And as we endure, uh, we rejoice as we go. We don't, we don't depend on ourselves to get us through. We depend on our faithful God and Creator by trusting Him throughout. You see, God is faithful. His Word is true. His promises are always yes. Uh, And he is our creator who made this world through his powerful word. You see, we can have great confidence as we trust, entrust ourselves to this, our great, uh, faithful God. And you see, as we keep trusting uh, him, we finally, we keep doing good. You see, our Father in heaven wants us to continue doing good, not to suffer for for the evil we do, but to do good, regardless of how we're treated. Uh, The road to glory for the believer is a road of suffering. But what will the road to glory be like for you, for us today? You see, things were very different uh, back in Peter's time. You see, Christians uh, were killed and jailed and persecuted for being Christians, like we might see in other parts of the world. But see, we don't tend to experience that kind of thing here in the West. But I'm sure it's going to come. As more in the world becomes more and more post-Christian, it will come. And so let me encourage you to be prepared for it and use 1 Peter as a helpful guide to prepare for that world. But you see, I think we can suffer for Christ today in regards to the decisions that we make for Christ. 
as we, uh, as we show that we are committed to God and His people, uh, the church. And so that might mean that, say, we, we, we get overlooked for a, for a promotion because we're so committed to being at church on Sunday and gathering with God's people that we don't want a job where we're going to be traveling away and missing church week after week. We, we don't want that kind of job and so we, we're overlooked for a promotion. Or even taking a job that pays less because uh, you're not wanting and not having the cash that, say, your mates do uh, so that you do have the energy to serve God's people with your time and your energy. Or it might be actually disagreeing with things that, uh, that crop up in the, in the lunchroom uh, from the news uh, and, and disagreeing with something because you stand for Christ uh, rather than retreating. You see, when we stand for Christ, we will suffer for being Christians. Do you see, God is using that suffering to purify and to refine our faith You see, he's preparing us to be more like Jesus and to prepare us for glory. I'm going to end uh, with this quote uh, from church uh, history. You see, the gospel uh, has has gone out from the very start, from Jesus' death and resurrection. The gospel has gone out. And as people have stood uh, for Christ, despite the cost, uh, people have suffered uh, and people have been killed for their faith. But people have stood firm throughout the ages. Uh, we saw it in Acts 7 as, as Stephen is stoned to death. He's martyred for his faith. And we see it in the Bishop of Smyrna. Uh, we see it in this guy called Polycarp, who in uh, 155 to offer incense to Caesar, the Roman ruler of the time, who considered himself a, a god. But he refused to do that. He was told, he was told, Take the oath and I shall release you. Curse Christ. But how does Polycarp reply? 86 years I have served him and he never did me any wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me? And he was bound and he was burnt at the stake. You see, he was willing to suffer for the name of Christ. And his faith was proved genuine in the end. Let's pray. Father God, we are so uh, thankful for your word, for, for the great reminder that we have, that we should not be surprised or ashamed or be sidetracked as we, uh, in, as we go through suffering for being a Christian. Father, please prepare us that we may be able to to suffer uh, well for doing good, that through this you will continue to prove, that through this you will prove our uh, our faith to be legit and genuine in the end, that despite whatever happens to us, that we will stand firm until the very end. Please help us and, and grow us to be able to do that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.